Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost. Everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome into another edition of the Gigum 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by Carter Carls. We were talking before the podcast. It's It's been a minute since we've been on together. We've both been on the road, traveling, uh, out at out at All-American Bowl, obviously, earlier this month. Uh, good to be back on you. We got a lot to discuss. Yes, sir, man. I'm back and uh, refreshed from vacation. Went to uh, Colorado for the week, so uh, that was fun. But, uh, yeah, ready to get back into it and uh, talk some football, some hoops, and uh, everything uh, we've got planned. So I'm excited. Yeah, we've obviously a big one coming up this weekend for Texas A&M. Coming off wins over LSU and Missouri. Chance to maybe get some momentum going. I think this will be probably their biggest test of the last couple of weeks. Um, When you look at going back to that Arkansas game and and the Kentucky game, they've already played some difficult ones, but this is certainly going to be a big one this weekend. And we're, we're going to dive into that, but Mike Elko has uh, certainly given us a lot to talk about on the football front. A&M, there's not been many teams that have been more active in the transfer portal than Texas A&M. Added, they put out the uh, roster of guys that had enrolled in time for the spring. Well over 30 guys have have already made it in for the spring, and uh, a significant portion of that from the transfer portal and then some high school guys as well. When you look at just the overall picture of what A&M added, what are some of the big takeaways that you you kind of have from what do you like? What it, what what are some of the big takeaways? Yeah, so right now uh, they're at 22 scholarship transfers. So first of all, just yeah. like generally, like that's not what A&M has ever done. Uh, under yeah. Jimbo Fisher, they never, ever, ever, uh, went after transfers. They finally did last year, and they got a bunch of scrubs. Uh, they they mostly just added guys to add guys. Now, a couple of them were great. I mean, Jade Walker ended up being awesome. Jalen Henderson sure seems to have some promise. Uh, but everyone else, 
kind of stunk up the joint. Uh, and it's not to say that uh, they were completely unimpactful, but, you know, for the most part, uh, not a lot. But here you've got a lot of guys who have started for other programs were either, uh, you know, all conference at a group of five level or they started at a power five or SEC program. Uh, you look at guys like DeRicky Wright, a multi-year starter at Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, these are guys who have experience. They have, uh, you know, they're battle tested. But then there's also a nice blend of guys who, you know, haven't quite proven themselves but have intriguing qualities. A guy like Des Ricks, right, a former five-star recruit who we think has a ton of talent. It just hasn't shown it yet in college. So um, it's a nice blend of uh, high upside guys who are younger and uh, experienced guys who uh, have either, you know, made their name, made a name for themselves at, uh, you know, a big program or are looking to make that jump from group of five uh, to A&M. Uh, we'll get more into it, but obviously Nick Scourton's the, the, the big name from uh, Purdue. Uh, I mean, that's the kind of guy that could get some preseason All-American honors. Um, I, I think Cassius Howell out of Bowling Green is, is maybe the second best uh, after him. I mean, that, that's a kid who tied for the lead in sacks in his conference. Um, and then you've uh, really after that, uh, after those two additions, you look at all the additions in that DB room. Uh, I can't wait for the spring personally because uh, how that plays out, I really have no clue. It it, yeah. it, it is going to be so unpredictable, uh, and I think it's something a and fans should look forward to. I really love what they did when you look at the the DB room and the, and the offensive line room as well because that's. Let's not let's not forget that AM is expected to return Cam Dewberry, Bryce Foster, Trey Zune, Demetrius Crownover, Ruben Fathery. They didn't just sit on that group. They went out and added Derek Graham, Armaj Reed Adams, and Dorian Hinton to just add to that competition. There'll be Mark Naboo, another one. And then you've got, you know, guys kind of heading into, you know, multiple years on campus like TJ Shanahan, Hunter Herb. You just got a lot. It feels like they didn't sit back and say we're fine with, you know, the returning guys that we have and, you know, we don't want any of them to leave. They went out and were aggressive in adding guys to the to that room. And and I, I think that's going to end up serving them well down the road. And this, you could say the same about the competition level. Obviously, you knew coming into the offseason that A&M was going to have to add guys in the – in the in the secondary and they went out and did that you look at that cornerback room with donovan sanders saunders flipping him from tcu marcus radcliffe you know you still got bryce anderson jacoby matthews jared kerr coming back dalton brooks it's going to be fun during the spring and the summer to really watch those guys compete you got sam mccall you got javon thomas brave on bravey and rogers I just like that they didn't sit back and say we're just going to add a couple depth guys here and there. Like we're gonna we're gonna go out and try to add guys that can compete for starting roles. B.J. Mays is another guy that I think is a really exciting addition. And you talk about Jaden Hill too from Florida, him and Scooby Williams coming over. There's just so many additions that they made that you know you're you're adding guys that have played. Like we said, they've been either starters, they've been 
some all conference. And obviously the headliner of that group is, is getting a pass rusher like Nick Scarton, who the final one I'll, I'll, I'll point out is he did. Uh, and I expect it'll, it'll continue down the line. He was on our 24 seven sports projected all American candidates. So he's already, like you said, getting some, yeah. some, pre, <laughs> some preseason all America buzz and, and 24 seven has got you covered right here on, on that front. I got to say, man, just circling back to what you said about the competition. Yeah. I, I just, I never understood it last year. I, I show up, yeah. start covering AM in February, cover spring. And it was like, this team didn't care about competition. And I'm not talking about yeah. the players. I'm talking about the coaches, you know, they yeah. had like 45, 50 scholarship players, healthy practicing in the spring. So many guys, Oh, uh, I got a bruise in practice yesterday. Oh, okay, you can sit out the next day. Oh, you know, I, I want to go play track. Oh, okay, sounds good. You know, it was just like there was too many guys sitting out. There was too many guys uh, just not on the team. They they were so light on scholarship numbers that uh, you felt like a guy could miss six practices and it wouldn't matter. You know, we saw guys last year sit out of games uh, and it wouldn't matter for their starting spot. Uh, it, it just felt like there was no competition. There was no consequences. There was no, oh, crap, if I don't play today, oh, crap, if I don't practice today, I could lose my spot. And that's what you yeah. need in college. It, it brings out the best in you to have competition. Uh, and the fact that they're going to be bringing in, like, 50 DBs uh, to this room, like – if you're a Bryce Anderson, if you're a Jacoby Matthews, two guys that uh, we think have bright futures, you're kind of looking over your shoulder a little bit. You're, you're probably working a little bit harder. You may not miss that practice that you would have missed last year. And I, I just think it, it is a – when you talk about a culture change, that's the number one thing for me was availability. We saw so many starters miss playing time. Uh, and, and and missed games last year and practices last year. And everyone just kind of lived with it and said, oh, you know, he's got a thigh bruise or he's got this or that. And it's like, no, no point me to another team in the country who outside of major injuries has all these starters missing games left and right for, for minor things. So I, I love it. I, I think it's exactly what this team and program needs. And, you know, I'm not afraid to point that out. I, people want to, like, kind of mm -hmm. uh, be scared to point that out or whatever. But I'm just like, this program needed that. And it's, it's going to be a fun spring. Uh, I would anticipate with the multi-transfer rule that, hey, uh, some of these guys may not stick around. They might uh, battle it out this spring. And then they learn on, in April, hey, yeah, you're going to be a third teamer this year, man. And it's going to be like, oh, crap, well, now i got to transfer out. That, that's the kind of competition you're going to see this spring. And uh, can't say enough about how great that will be for this program. No doubt. And you even look at that running back room, right? Like we we kind of mentioned A&M was bringing in a couple of transfer running backs. And and folks kind of said, you know, you're bringing back Amari Daniels, Le'Veon Moss, and Ruben Owens. They still go out and add EJ Smith to that room. And, and again, just kind of add another – experienced often they didn't take a train they didn't take a high school running back so you felt like they needed to at least add somebody to that room and they go out and add a guy who was once a a, a four-star prospect coming out of high school probably didn't have the type of success that he thought he was going to have at stanford injuries were a part of that as well 
come and add to that quarter and come and add to the the running back room and add depth to that room and and more competition and you know i think he's going to push he's going to push for for he's he can he can bring a little bit that that you don't that you don't have in that room i think he's a good pass blocker he's a good weapon out of the backfield uh we saw that in high school again didn't quite see that at the at the college level cuz he just hasn't been able to stay healthy but you're going to add guys that are going to push and, and, and you're right. And, and what I'll say about Jimbo Fisher is it did, it just didn't seem like the actions matched up to words, right? Like he talked all the time in, in spring practice about competition and nobody's earned a spot and all this sort of stuff. And yet it, it the competition didn't kind of didn't match that, that what he was saying on the back end. So you know, and I think one other part about this is when you look at this full roster that AM now has, this kind of gives you a chance to look at the spring and say, okay, because there's another there's another portal window to go. And then you mentioned that spring portal window. AM can kind of take a step back because I don't think there's necessarily a massive glaring need. They kind of hit every area they needed to hit in in yeah. the January window. You can kind of take a step back and and for me, maybe one additional area might be adding another linebacker potentially, but other than that, like they've, they've pretty much checked a lot of the boxes they needed to in terms of numbers. Now you can sit back and, and say, okay, where can we kind of still add to this team and, and get better? Yeah. Maybe, maybe add a, a, another blue chipper if he becomes available, just, mm-hmm. you know, stack talent upon talent. If, if make strength even more of a strength, if you can, find another Nick Scourton kind of kid uh, that, that comes available uh, in that window. But uh, yeah, not a ton of just glaring needs. I am curious how cornerback will shake out. You got a lot mm-hmm. of options there now. Um, that That's really the position for me. Linebacker is another one, but, but cornerback, uh, obviously a huge struggle there last year. Uh, if you get Tyreek Chappelle back and, uh, you know, you you got the younger guys coming up, Javon Thomas, Bravion Rogers. You got something to work with there. And then you got these uh, transfers, but they all kind of are either unproven or have a red flag. Like BJ Mays, for example, out of UAB. I think he had 16 pass or 16 uh, penalties over the last couple of years. Can he clean that up? Can he, you know, we've seen him be pretty productive, but can he clean that up and and not be a player that's you know, going to draw a lot of pass interferences. Uh, Des Ricks, right? Tons of talent, but hasn't shown it yet. Uh, so to expect it to just uh, these guys to get in there and then immediately, you know, be uh, all conference, uh, I don't know if that's the yeah. expectation, but, but there is a lot to work with, and you just need a couple of those guys to hit. You're not asking for every guy to be a superstar, and when you look at 22 transfers, uh, not all of them are going to be playing, right? You're going to have a few guys that, man, they they didn't either they didn't pass their physical or they weren't good or they you know the the guy ahead of them was way better. Uh, some of them won't play. Some of them will be superstars. Some of them will be you know uh, okay starters. Some of them will be good backups. Uh, it's a numbers game, and that's why you get this these many transfers. This is why you go in the spring with high numbers so you can have it work out. Uh, they will go in the spring, by my count, 81 scholarship players. 
and then they'll add nine more through seven high school uh, signees uh, or five high school signees, two high school commits, and two transfers uh, all in June. So all told, they should get to 90, uh, and they don't have to get to the 85-man scholarship limit until the first day of the fall semester. So they can afford to be high on numbers. They can afford to let it all play out and uh, and see how it goes. And, um, you know, there's going to be guys who leave the team, right? We saw it last year. Jalen Preston left. Uh, Josh Bank, Josh Bankhead medically retired. Uh, numbers typically work themselves out. So no one should be stressed out about that or anything. Uh, and I think the competition this spring will also take care of that. No doubt. Got to ask you real quick your thoughts on the uh, the coaching staff because obviously everything now that we're kind of settled down on that front, Mike Elko kind of has his on-field staff together. What are Obviously, Holman Wiggins is kind of the big addition there. Adding him from Alabama is huge, and I think you're going to see that effect on the recruiting trail, in especially 2025. I, I think you know he came in, was able to get Ryan, Wingo, oh, Ryan Williams on campus. That you know, that was, that was going to be kind of a tough, tough ask. And again, they were trying to make a like, kind of a late run there. And, and so, you know, he ends up going back to Alabama. I don't think that's necessarily a negative on, on Holman Wiggins. The fact they got him in for an official visit is positive, but just your thoughts on, on this staff and, and kind of what they put together. And first of all, I mean, we also mentioned like them keeping BGA as an analyst. Yeah, uh, that's huge. That is really huge. I mean, uh, I was talking with Ricky Wright, the uh, safety from Vanderbilt. He was talking to me about how VGA made such a big impact on his recruitment because he actually made him feel like uh, that he really cared about him. And he was like, hey, I want to talk to your wife and like get to know her a little Mm -hmm. bit uh, while he was recruiting him. So before I get into anything, I want to just say like that keeping VGA as an analyst uh, was a huge deal. Uh, Miles Davis would. Uh, Miles Davis is also another one that has had high praise for. Just adding on to your point for for BGA and those two are super close. He talked about you know kind of one of the negatives coming into last year was he hadn't coached as an on field guy and and you know BGA got him on the phone with Antonio Johnson and Antonio Johnson ran down exactly how BGA impacted his career and so. You know, I just adding on to your point about that, about BGA, I completely agree. Yeah, and just looking at this coaching staff now, um, it looks solid. Uh, there's still some questions, but uh, I think just starting offensively, uh, Colin Klein uh, really liked that hire. Uh, everyone you talk to seems to uh, think this is a young, bright mind. Clearly Notre Dame uh, had uh, – high thoughts about him, Penn State, you know, there, there have been a lot of teams that have flirted with uh, the idea of adding Colin Klein. Uh, so it's it's kind of like that recruit who has offers from Bama, LSU, and Ohio State where you're like, okay, well, yep. if he has offers from these other schools, that must mean uh, he's pretty good. But, uh, no, I, I think he will uh, – uh, it'll be a much different change offensively for A&M with, uh, with Colin Klein in a good way. Uh, defensively, I have questions. Uh, Jay Bateman, a uh, little bit of a head scratcher. Uh, I know he had a lot of uh, success at Army uh, and was very impressive there. But his last two stops, Florida and North Carolina, uh, two of the worst defenses in the country uh, both years. And and not all of that was on him. Uh, some of that came from the top as well. 
Uh, he was a bit of a scapegoat, uh, scapegoat under both uh, coaching staffs. Uh, I don't know how much longer Billy Napier's uh, surviving there at, at Florida. So, the leash is getting shorter and shorter. Yeah, I, I just – so it's kind of hard to tell on that one, but um, yeah. with Elko having so much of a, a defensive mind and, uh, uh, you know, obviously having a history uh, with Jay Bateman uh, coaching together, uh, it, 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 it settles the mind a little bit more on that hire. Um, and then you've got a lot of guys who like, oh, Trooper Trailer. You know, we've we've heard Trooper Taylor. Sorry, I said Trailer. Uh, I, I think I'm still caught up with the whole Jeff Trailer uh, rumors mm-hmm. with AM. But Trooper Taylor, unrelated to Jeff Trailer, uh, we've heard how great of a recruiter he is. Uh, a guy that uh, Duke named as their interim coach, uh, very well liked by pretty much all the players at Duke. Uh, I think he's going to have that same impact at A&M. Solomon Williams – or, sorry, not Solomon Williams. uh, Holman Wiggins, uh, another guy who uh, could be an elite recruiter. Uh, Questions with him are, can he develop talent? Uh, We we saw him bring in a lot of high-profile guys at Bama that didn't pan out, but he still was able to get a lot of uh, high-profile guys. So uh, if just a couple of those guys hit, uh, hey, you're in you're in business there. So, um, and then you know some some Duke guys like uh, Cushing and Doherty, uh, right? Uh, guys that Elko trusts. Uh, you'd like to think that Elko knows what he's doing there. Tony Girardi, one other guy you got to mention, uh, elevated from an analyst role. Uh, good for that dude. I know he's been uh, well loved by everyone here uh, in, in Aggie Land, and and someone that. Uh, deserved a shot at some point um and he was not going to be fully on the d-line you also got coach chaos uh, sean sean spencer there um so i, I think that'll help him having a, a guy who's got experience not just in the sec college football but also the nfl uh c- c- can help through him through that transition so a lot to like uh still some questions and uh Bateman's the one where I'm just wondering, okay, what's he going to bring to the table? Uh, haven't seen him been, be very good in a little bit, but, uh, you know, Elko and him have a history, and I think that they uh, have a trust with each other. No doubt. I think you're going to see Mike Elko really oversee kind of that that defensive side of the ball. Obviously, he brings a ton of experience there, so I expect him to be very involved on that front. We're going to – we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to discuss a big one that's coming up for Texas A&M basketball. Ole Miss coming to Reed Arena, a big opportunity to add a, a key signature win, and um, we'll, we'll discuss that right after a quick break. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. 
The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome back into the Gigum 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by Carter Carls. Got to discuss a big one for Texas A&M on Saturday. Ole Miss coming to town. Feels like this A&M team still has, they, you know, they, they grinded out a win over Missouri earlier this week. Not the prettiest win, but we're able to get the job done, and a win is a win in the SEC. Where do you kind of... Where do you kind of make of where this team is, and 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 does this feel like as big a one for you as 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 it seems like? Well, if you ask A and M fans, uh, they'll say the sky is falling. They hate this team. Bush should get fired, and you know the the world is about to end uh, when it comes to Aggie basketball. This is the funniest team in A and M basketball history because they are capable of being phenomenal, and they are capable of being absolutely horrendous and all in the same game sometimes and all in the same game too it is mind-boggling i mean you put an alien on earth and say hey watch the first half of houston or the second half of houston and then watch the whole missouri game or watch the first half against arkansas or watch the whole lsu uh, the first lsu game uh they would all be like one alien would say, wow, uh, second half of Houston, they're the greatest team I've ever seen in my life. And then the other would say, oh, that first LSU game, this team is atrocious. Like, it, it, is, it is incomprehensible. I don't even understand it. But um, it's why you can't give up on this team, but you also can't uh, overreact to the positives that this team does. You, you almost can't have an opinion about every game until the buzzer sounds and you can't have an opinion on the season until it ends because this team will surprise you just when you're done with them. Uh, They'll, they'll pull out the Kentucky win. And just when you're buying back in, uh, they'll look terrible against uh, YMCA, uh, Missouri, uh, whatever you want to call them. Uh, But uh, anyway, they can still get it on track and their schedule sets up perfectly uh over the next few weeks they've they've got Ole Miss uh coming to town which is obviously a huge one uh then then they have a whole week off uh their first bye week in a few years uh and then Florida and then at Missouri uh they can win those three games you're looking at a five game winning streak you're looking at 15 and 7 overall and you're looking at six and three in conference and you know they've they put themselves ahead of the chains as far as NCAA tournament conversation uh, because of those four quadrant quadrant one wins that they have uh, three coming in the uh, 
in the uh, non-conference play. So, you know, they can afford to lose a quad two game, a few more quad ones. Uh, you don't want to see them lose at Missouri or, you know, against these cream puffs. Uh, but they put themselves in a situation where they can be bad uh, on the occasion. Uh, but they still got to get some wins. They got to beat the bad teams. Uh, Missouri coming up, right? You got to win that game. Uh, Old Miss is an opportunity to, you know, have another marquee win. Um, I'm not sure if it would count as quad one by the end of the season, uh, but uh, they're a team that's been in and out of the rankings. Uh, they're a team that started, you know, 12, 13, 14, and 0. Uh, but Ole Miss is a weird one because they uh, they didn't beat anybody in their non-conference for the most part. Uh, but they're still a nice win to have. So they're not going to be somebody that's super high in the net for you. I'm looking it up as we speak. I think they were, they were in like the 80s or 90s, I think, when I looked. Like they're – they're 62. 62 so, now. Okay, they're up to 62. I believe that's quadrant two. Since it's yeah, small. that would be. I think it's one through 25 is quad one, and then yeah. I think it goes 26 through 75 is quad two. I think two. so. Yeah. Uh, so that's if you're at home. So uh, Ole Miss could still move up if uh, they win a bunch of big games, but – that's a big jump to make in a little amount of time. They probably would need to win a ton of games against great teams to move up like that. Uh, so it's a quad two. You can afford to lose it. It's not a huge deal. It's not the end of the world if you lose it, but it'd be a nice win to have. And again, it could set you up for a five game winning streak. And, you know, you're 15 and seven going up against uh, Tennessee, you know, arguably the best team in the conference. Uh, that'd be a nice spot to be in for a No doubt. They've, I, you know, you've got those two matchups against Tennessee, so you've got a chance to pick up a signature win. Tennessee's really good, obviously playing really well. And and this Ole Miss team, can, they can't see. Look at what they did earlier this week. They're good team. It would be a nice win, and, and you start to build some momentum. You talk about kind of how unpredictable this team is. You talk about the Kentucky game. And then you look at the way they came out against LSU and Arkansas and say, how is this a team that that ended up beating Kentucky? But that's kind of the roller coaster that they're they're on right now. It obviously starts with Wade Taylor and what he's able to do. Put up an incredible performance against Arkansas. Then you look at the LSU game and you know, he's only played six minutes in the first half and uh, is, is out with two fouls and A&M's able to stay in that game. I thought that was huge, just what they were able to do. And, um, you know, you need to get, Ky you need to get Tyrese Radford obviously going consistently now. And I think that would, that would help a lot, but yeah, I would, I've always said this about Buzz Williams and, and it's played true in the last couple of years. Be careful of giving up on them in December and January, because this is a team that seems to always play their best basketball when it comes to February and March. And so that's why I'm always careful about writing them off too, too soon because it's just kind of the way they always seem to be built is they seem to kind of hit their stride come February or March. It's not going to look pretty in December and January. Um, and then they start to kind of find their gear. So it's going to be interesting to see. And, and um, you will certainly have the coverage of the, of the A&M Ole Miss game and be sure to stay tuned over at Gigum 24-7 for all the latest 
Thanks again to everybody for joining. Be sure to like and share these videos. Um, helps us a lot. Uh, and and be sure to subscribe both on the audio and the and the video side to get your podcasts and videos. And we'll be back next week again to discuss a little more. We got Aggie baseball coming up. We're going to discuss that soon as well. And look a little more at the A&M football team as they kind of head towards their first spring under Mike Elka. So until then, have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.